Very happy to have the Sweeney's with you, Tim and Lydia and their family, Isabel. Um, in case I don't know if anybody doesn't know who they are, why, um, if you weren't around when there was praying for them a few years ago, a couple years ago, it wasn't a few years ago, a couple years ago, praying for them and Isabel. And they're going to come and they're going to share their testimony now of uh, the process, the things they went through and how God was there for them through the midst of this time. So we're just uh, excited to have them come and share with us. So Lydia, I don't know who's coming first, Lydia. Both of you? All right. Good morning, everybody. Thank you so much for letting us come out. We love, love sharing this story. Um, I know that kind of has a little irony to it because we did go through a lot, but um, God has done so much for us um, and so much for Isabel that it's just a blessing to come out and be able to speak with everybody. Yeah, yeah, it's fine. Um, Back, back about a year, actually, it's been a year and a half ago. This October, it'll be two years ago. Um, we went out, we got our pictures taken um, with my friend who's a photographer, and um, this was actually right around the time where uh, we had started noticing changes in Isabel and the coloration, things like that, um, and just behavior, a little bit off, you know, sleepiness, that kind of thing, and we reluctantly, I, you know, being a mom and being busy and uh, we almost didn't have these pictures taken, you know, thank God that he pushed us to do so. They're some of my favorite pictures. Um, but uh, in October, um, this is this is Isabel. You know, we were looking at her. She looked normal. She was active. No true real signs of any major problems. Um, she had, if you go to the next slide, she had a little bit of, like, tummy bloating, you know, that kind of thing. And so we, we knew that there was a concern there. Um, her color was different, and there was a little bit of bloating in her stomach. I was thinking maybe a bug, you know. So we went to the pediatrician, and they had told us that morning, we'll give you snacks. I hadn't even fed them. You know, we're crazy as moms, crazy busy. And in the morning, we just jumped in. So I hadn't even got to feed them breakfast, my two daughters. And she said, no, nope, go to straight to Toledo. Um, we have concerns I'll give you snacks, you can take them with you. So I knew, you know, my pediatrician for my kids is pretty, she's pretty laid back, so I knew it was urgent. And um, this is when we were up in Toledo uh, waiting. They had no answers for us. They did uh, blood work, blood work, lots of blood work. And um, tests were just showing things were bad in her, in her uh, liver levels. They didn't say anything other than, um, we cannot handle her case. She's too severe. Um, we need to trans transfer her to another hospital. And I know they had talked with us about possibly going up to Michigan, but Isabel, I don't know if any of you are aware, but back when she was an infant, was diagnosed with um, congenital cataracts. And so we already had a long-lasting relationship, if you will, with Cleveland, the Cole Eye Center. And, you know, the, they're well-renowned. So we said, well, what about Cleveland? Do you think they can handle whatever's going on with her? And uh, they said, we'll give, it, we'll give it a try. A few hours later in Toledo, um, they said, we're going we're gonna to transport her to Cleveland. They're willing to take her. And from that point, uh, pretty much for the next week, I don't remember breathing. You know, everything happened so quickly. Um, we were transported up there. They did more blood work, tons of blood work, um, had no answers. You know, we were grilled with questions about what could she have possibly gotten into. Any of you with little ones, you know, they're always putting stuff in their mouths and um, getting into things. Um, there was just concerns about 
why this was happening to her liver. At this point, we finally knew she was in liver failure. No idea um, to what extent. They didn't know yet if it was reversible. They had to do uh, a, a uh, biopsy to find out to what extent the liver was damaged. And, but they still didn't know why. Um, and the, the next picture is actually um, of Isabel. Um, it was a Friday that the kids finally came to visit. We went in on a Tuesday, and we hadn't seen the kids for several days. And they came to visit, and they're, you know, pretty much the only people that could bring light and happiness to her eyes. Um, that's her sister Kaylee Lane with her. And um, Friday was the day where they, they sat us down and said, um, she, it's irreversible. The biopsy came back, and it was not good, um, that we need to do a liver transplant. And so, you know, we're questioning, you know, how quick do we need to do this? What kind of time frame are we looking at? And all, the, all they told us was, the sooner the better. Um, we'll start going through family members, seeing who's willing to donate. And um, it's a process, but we'll do it as quick as possible because she needs it sooner than later. Um, and so I was scheduled for, you know, Friday. Everything shuts down on the weekends unless it's an ER, I think. So, um, you know, they weren't testing over the weekend. But they asked us to come up with a list of people that we knew that were willing to donate. Um, and they would do one person at a time, go, go through the list and um, test us to see if we're compatible. And so I was supposed to start my process on Monday um, doing all the tests. And they have to make sure that I'm ready for... Um, the same procedure, uh, basically, as her. And, um, you know, we, we didn't make it past Sunday, and her, her behavior um, just plummeted. And at this point, Tim had gone home to be with the kids. You know, they'd been without their parents for several days. Um, and thank God for family and friends who are willing to step in and take care of our other children um, during this process. But um, he went home, and my sister came to be with us at the hospital. And um, I'm not sure if you know a whole lot about um, um, liver disease of any kind. When your liver starts failing, um, they they actually told us, they brought in a neurologist and said you need to watch her and see if her behavior changes because uh, it actually mentally can somewhat incapacitate them. They won't act the same way. They, they won't be themselves. You need to watch for these signs. And um, sh that night, um, it was the hardest night of my life. Uh, we, we laid there in bed. You know, I talked with some of the doctors. They were constantly coming in and out. I mean, uh, you know, if we got two hours of sleep at a time, you know, we were lucky that first week. And um, they'd come in and ask questions and check on her. And... Um, she got to a point where she was trying to rip everything out of her arms and she was just wanting to go home and she would scream, I just want my mommy, I want my mommy. And um, I was holding her and I remember holding her and just crying and almost, you know, kind of yelling at her, I'm right here, look at me, I'm right here. But you can tell, you, you know, you look in somebody's eyes when they're gone and it was like looking into this just empty box, she just wasn't there. And... Um, um, you know, God and I, you know, we all have our moments with God where we're, um, you know, we come to a crossroads where it's, uh, you know, I, it was either I'm going to trust you and no matter what happens, um, I'm going to trust you. 
or I'm going to walk away. And that was a crossroads I really came to as a mom. And I know uh, Tim came to as well at home. You know, we were separated. We, we didn't get to always be there to support one another physically, you know, being in the same room. But I know we battled with some of the same things. And <clears throat> um, that night I just prayed. I said, you know, this is my stand. I'm telling you, God, if no matter what happens, I won't understand it if she goes. I will never understand it. But I trust that you, your plan is bigger, that you are in control, and that you have this no matter what outcome it is. And I trust you. And that night was probably the first night I got any kind of sleep. Um, he just brought kind of a peace over me that, you know, I, I released it to him. My, my problems, something I, that was out of my control, I just wanted to hang on to it, and I wanted to try to control it, and I, I couldn't. And I finally, when I released it to him, this peace he brought over me, and um, that Sunday they had officially put her on the national transplant list um, because they said in the process of waiting for live donors um, to come forward and be tested, they can also put her on um, a deceased donor list. And... Um, Sunday, Sunday she was put on, and um, I know Tim got to experience some intimacy with God that night as well. You want to share that? In the, the, it's on. I guess the uh, the thing she didn't tell you is for a live donor, they we need uh, we're going to need a caretaker for Isabel um, to help her with her recovery because of the incisions and stuff basically they dissect your your entire torso um and she was going to go through the same surgery so we also needed a caretaker for lydia as well for like three months i mean she wasn't going to be able to physically get up on her own without having some assistance and i'm just rocking my brain going how how am i going to take care of five kids and my wife and and get through this so i mean i hit my knees and and prayed hard that god if there's another way please please allow it to happen and then it was six thirty monday morning she got put on the donor list sunday and six thirty monday morning we got a phone call that there, there was a compatible donor for her so i mean she was less than 24 hours on the list in a, in a liver had come through for. Yep. So by uh, Tuesday, um, you know, we we had taken her in for um, her transplant, and it had lasted, um, remind me, I want to say around 14 hours. It was a very long procedure. Um, and I know that night, um, I, I'm trying to remember what picture is next. You that night, we, uh, we stayed at the Ronald McDonald room. We had several people from the family come up and, and be with us and pray. And uh, it was, again, this amazing piece. Um, we were able to sleep um, while she was going through her procedure. And I know a lot, a lot of parents probably stay up and they worry when their kids go into surgery um, or a loved one goes into surgery. And, um, you know, I think that trust and that release that we gave to, we just gave it to God, and he just gave us such a wonderful peace that night. And um, I remember hearing the helicopter flying overhead as we're waiting for this um, 
procedure to take place. We knew an organ was coming in. We don't know where. We don't know where it came from or how it was being transported. But I heard that helicopter coming in, and I, I looked at my sister, and I just kind of nodded, this is it. And, and she said, yeah, that's it. And we knew that that helicopter was bringing in our miracle. Um, and I know ever since then, Isabel and I, every time we've been back there, we hear those helicopters coming and going. And we know no matter who or what they're bringing in, somebody's going to get their miracle. And, and we always pray over our helicopters that come into, to them from the hospitals. Um, but she did great. She came through the, the procedure um, with flying colors. And um, actually, when they brought her off the elevator, her color, she was so yellow, her color had already changed back darn near halfway to normal. It was amazing looking at her, um, just seeing what a different appearance that she already had so quickly. And um, I know I hadn't um, heard it personally because we were so anxious to get back there with her. To I don't know why, she, you know, <laughs> we can't do anything, just stand with her. But we wanted to just be there and hold her hand that, um, you know, the surgeon was talking with some family members and, and said, you know, there was no function left. We're not sure how she she even made it through surgery, and um, the the liver doctor actually checked on her um, every day for the next uh, I don't know months. Yeah, two two months maybe. Came in Thanksgiving Day. Came in Thanksgiving Day on the holidays just to check on her, and um, you know I'm trusting that 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 was him in awe of of the miracle that God created in her, um, knowing that she shouldn't. I mean, he knew he knew what her odds were. You know, we didn't, I could see, I could see that she was gone from looking at her as a mother. We could see how desperate the situation was, but he knew statistically. And for him to come in and just check on this miracle, you know, that had, you know, happened, um, was another testimony to us of the work that God was doing, you know. Um, But we ended up, uh, we were getting really excited. She moved out of ICU very quickly. Uh, The next picture is her sitting up for the first time. Um, you know, they, they said the faster you can get them moving, the faster she'll recover, which, you know, just looking at the, the incision because it is from side to side and, uh, you know, they, you know, it just kind of makes you cringe as a mom seeing your, seeing your kid and pushing him so hard. And I would have to cry sometimes trying to, you know, you got to get up, you got to do this. This is for the best, and I know we, we sometimes encourage our kids to do things that they don't want to do because it is for their best interest, and this was. And um, that's only a couple of days after she had been out of surgery. She was already sitting up. Um, I, I think I showed, have one of her walking. But uh, this is actually um, a pile of her medications. You know, we had several battles to kind of overcome with this, and... Um, you know, she was recovering well, but they would bring in, I, I, every few hours she would have just piles of medication to take. And at this point, you know, she was still not eating well and didn't want to drink a whole lot. And, you know, I'd have to encourage her through this whole pile of medication that's in front of her. You know, you have to take these. We have to get these down. This is for, for the best. I know they taste yucky. Um, you know, we go through this every day, every few hours a day. But we finally made it to... Um, the step-down unit for her for her liver, and we ha- we were going through the process of them telling us how we we're going to go home, what, how the care that we needed to do for her, the checkups, um, you know, all of that kind of thing. Um, I'm not sure what the next one is here. Um, they even they even brought in. Um, allowed us to sneak in her dog Tinkerbell. <laughs> that's the that's kind of a no-no. So don't don't share. <laughs> don't tell anybody. 
But uh, we'd put her in a purse and we'd bring her in because she was so homesick, so ready to go home, as were we. And um, it, finally, it was, um, I believe, two days before we were supposed to leave. Um, they, were, they were just checking over her, making sure everything looked good. Um, there were some questions regarding her heart function, actually, while she was going through her liver issues. But they said it was probably a secondary concern because of her liver um, that they expected her to... Um, come out of it so they weren't too worried about it so they had done another um, uh, echo echocardiogram and left you know we're getting ready to pack up and I had another doctor come in and talk about the tests that they want to do over the weekend I said wait a minute (laughs) you know we're going home on Friday (laughs) and uh, she she said no nobody's told you I said, told, you know, told me what? She said, there's, there's something wrong with her heart. We need to find out what's wrong with her heart. Um, it's still not functioning properly. And um, the day we were supposed to leave to go home, um, Tim was coming back up. Uh, I think we had originally planned for him to come up to bring us home, and uh, he actually came up because we had to move back to the ICU um, because of the severity of her heart. And... Um, so we, we moved back to the, the ICU, which walking down these stark white walls, I mean, that was, you know, like a walk of shame almost. I don't know how you can feel shame through this process, but just such dread, such overwhelming, you know, how can we wind up back here? You know, God's brought us through so much already, so quickly. You know, how can we be back here? And um, we uh, were there for another three weeks, I believe, in the ICU again. And um, they, at this point, still didn't know what had caused her liver failure. And they, they said she is in heart failure, and we don't know why. So we have these clouds, these black clouds of questions and doubts hovering over our heads of what is causing these. Are there more organs going to be shutting down, you know? And, um, and again, it's, uh, you know, I, got, I, I trust you, God. You've you, you got, you got to have this because I can't do anything with it. Um, other than trust you. And they moved us back to, they put her on some heart medication, um, some milrinone, which is only um, administered through the hospital, but they said until we can figure out what's going on, this will help her um, beats the consistency and and, and that kind of thing. And so um, we went up to the heart unit. I'm not sure which is the next picture again here. Um, And we decided at this point, you know, it's out of our control. We're going to have some fun. <laughs> we cannot li- let life stop. My husband would go home. He would um, do different activities with the kids. We tried to let them live a normal life, uh, be in basketball. Uh, they would go to, you know, families, uh, apple cider. Um, they, we make apple cider every year, and, and they would try to do things as normal as possible. And, and Isabel and I would try to have fun, and so we'd, we painted. We painted a lot, <laughs> a lot of painting. Um, you know, good therapy for her, um, just to try to keep her spirits up. You can go to the next one, too. She actually, this is her cardiac doctor here, and um, because she is so shy, um, some of you have already noticed this morning, um, this process is really uh, added to that, and she wouldn't even talk to the doctors, and we would we would talk together, you know, this is important. You let them know how you feel, if you're good, bad. And so he would he would always get down to her level, um, He's so good with kids, but 
she actually invited him back to her room that day after we had our, our morning meetings um, to paint with her. He, she wanted to paint with him. So he took time out of his schedule, and he came back and sat with her on the floor and painted with her. Um, you can go to the next one. Um, we drew on everything. <laughs> <laughs> they gave us these window crayons, so we wrote a message in the window, and there's buildings, you know, across the way, and uh, we had a, an office staff that would, would put up signs for us, and good morning, Isabel, good morning, Mom, and uh, this said, wave to me, I am three, um, so people would read that, and they would wave to us, or they'd put up little pictures for us, and that was, that was a lot of fun. She enjoyed coloring on the windows. You go to the next one. Again, more painting. The next one, I think, might be music therapy. She loves music and art. Um, that was always what would brighten her days. You can keep going. And tents. We had to make tents and forts. I don't know what kids don't like making tents, so we'd make tents in the corner, and we'd hide from the doctors and the nurses, you know, underneath these tents. Like, they can't see her big stand, you know, <laughs> standing right there, but she thought that was a lot of fun. Um, and, you know, through this process, if you go to the next one here, um, we got to meet a lot of different people. And this was, this is kind of the running joke now in our family, in our household with everybody that, um, he got to meet all the cool people. And <laughs> now this is, this is actually Josh Cribbs from the Browns. I, um, was walking Isabel down the hallway one day and they said, uh, do you want to meet, uh, a retired Browns player? I was like, oh, I guess, you know, I guess. <laughs> it, didn't, it didn't matter to me. And um, they told me his name, so I called my husband up to let him know who we're going to meet. And, uh, well, who is it? He, he kept saying, who is it? And I said, I have no idea. He's a big Browns fan. And I said, I don't remember his name. And uh, I sent him this photo <laughs> after we met with him. And he was a very nice guy. We're actually looking at his uh, pictures of his dogs at home. Uh, and he, he says, that's Josh Cribbs. He is so, you know, he's famous. I said, oh, I have no idea. <laughs> so he was a little disappointed. The next one we get to, um, we got to meet some of the Cavaliers. The teams came in and, and gave uh, the kids out blankets and, and basketballs and stuff. So that was the championship year. Um, that, that was pretty fun. She would just watch them. You know, they were towering. But we almost missed that one, too, because she was napping. And, uh, you know, like a good mom I am, we're not going to interrupt this little girl's nap. But um, she, w she happened to wake up about 20 minutes before they came. So I said, they can come on in, <laughs> you know. Um, and the next one is the cool people that Dad got to meet with Isabel. We got to meet Santa. And the next one is... Um, yeah, the Grinch. Yeah, that was right around Christmas time, all of this. And Cindy Lou is in the background, the next one. I was very disappointed with this one because my girls love Frozen, and I love Tinkerbell, who is down front. So they, he got to meet the fairies. <laughs> Tinkerbell. <laughs> she is Josh Cribbs. I get the Disney princess. <laughs> um. So, you know, I'm not sure what's next. You know, we, we really did try to have, this is Mary Poppins. He got to meet again. I wasn't there. We, we tried to have as much fun as what we could through this process. Um, you know, the joy of the Lord is our strength. And um, we, we really did try to keep joy. And, and with all the doubt, there is always so much doubt in life. And um, why dwell on the doubt? Joy is so much better. And the next one um, is just of the family. We would, we would get together again as much as possible. Um, we'd play in the water. She loved playing in the water. 
And uh, the next one's our dad in the water with her, too. <laughs> she was always playing in that water, trying to sneak it. She got Grandma Zebeled in trouble. I don't know if any of you know this story, but um, when, when kids are on um, heart failure or anybody's on heart failure, they usually have a liquid uh, restriction, and they give them Lasix. They want to make sure that they, they don't get overloaded with water. And uh, so it was very strict. She was not allowed having She couldn't drink it any water, not a single ounce, and she begged for water, begged, 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 um, and she would try to, she would try to sneak it, we were in the ICU, and she was, she drank her paint water, I, I panicked her paint water, so we we're on the computer trying to see if this particular paint is toxic, or if it's okay, and the nurse is panicking, but, uh, you know, it was just a swig, but, uh, <laughs> she, she had grandma here one time, and, um, I, I'm not sure Grandma walked out but came back, and, and she must have been dipping her fingers in it, in the water, and then licking her fingers, and, and Grandma got in trouble for that one when the nurse came in. But, uh, yeah, so she was very restricted on water, so we always played in it. We always made sure that she could have it. It just wasn't in the fashion she wanted. Um, but at a certain point, she turned um, right around. It was before Christmas. They had decided they could not bring her down off of her Milrinone medication that... Um, she needed it. Her heart was telling us she needed, she needed a transplant, and they had put her on a list at the end of December to um, be on the heart transplant list, um, and it was just a matter of time. Uh, you know, and this this part of the the whole process was very difficult because um, they let us know. You know, obviously, you know that a heart comes from another another person, but we then found out it had to be another child of her size and her age. And um, that was really, really difficult to, to overcome. And still I, I have to pray over my spirit on that one every day because uh, it's, it's just really hard to swallow knowing that your child had to, um, could only live from another child. And um, I remember telling my mom, you know, we can have fun. I have her. We can have fun. I will be patient, and I will be wait. This family needs their child right now. Um, I don't know what's going to happen that makes this possible for her, but um, I trust that God's timing is right, and he's going to bring it to her, not only when we're ready and we need it, but when that family can bear it. And um, so the next, uh, the next slide... <clears throat> Oh, that's more fun. <laughs> I think it's the next one. I'm sorry. <clears throat> she got to a point, if you go back, yep, she got to a point where um, this is how she was acting all day long. Um, and uh, I knew there was something wrong. They, they would test more. You know, we did test blood work every single day. There was not a day that went by. They eventually put different lines in her, pick lines and more permanent lines in her so that they didn't have to poke her every day. Um, but she just wasn't her, and, and they said, you know, we were afraid she might have some kind of virus, or and they were testing her for different things. <clears throat> And I remember the one day looking up at the monitors, and the monitors were kind of, the heart, heart rate monitors were all over the place. I mean, they were going crazy. And I told the nurse, we paged the nurse, come on in, you know, the, this monitor's not working right. I don't know if her battery and her little pack is going bad or, um, you know, what's happening. So they, they 
changed out her pack, they changed out her lines, um, tried a bunch of different things, and finally a doctor came in because they're always monitoring these screens, and a doctor came in and, and he said, no, this is, this is a sign that her heart is worsening. And so they upped her medication again, and she didn't really bounce out a whole lot out of it. And um, I, again, you know, gotten gotten that deep conversation with God that, you know, your time is right. And, again, I trust you. I know you didn't bring us through the fire for nothing. I'm going to trust your timing is, is perfect, but you can see what's going on with her. You know, she needs this sooner than later. And, um, like, <laughs> like I have to tell God that. And um, just, you know, we're ready. We're ready when you are. And, um, they, uh, I won't forget the day, you know, we were just sitting around. This is what we did all day long. We just sat around at this point and we were sitting there. She was napping. And, uh, I remember Dr. Boyle, he's a very serious man with, with adults and he flings the door open. I think, oh no, I'm in trouble about something. (laughs) And he said, we have a heart, we have a heart. And I just started crying and it was just all the emotions that, you know, all of us have dealt with through our hard situations, you know, excitement, joy, you know, fear. Um, She has to use the restroom. (laughs) Sorry. Go with Leela. But, um, you know, it was just very overwhelming, and, uh, you know, we were ready. We were ready for the process to begin. It just, uh, you know, hit us good, (laughs) I guess. Uh, the next picture here is of our room, and of course, I, I had called everybody, you know, we've, we've got a heart, we're going to do this tonight, and they always tell you, don't get your hopes up, you know, because we have to go out and make sure that that, that organ is viable, that it is a good match, they have to take it out of um, the body to make sure that there's nothing wrong with it, you know, they do all the tests that they can prior to, but um, it's never a guarantee, so they always tell you, don't get your hopes up. And I, God had my hopes there. I knew this was, this was right. You know, they were talking other procedures because of how, how much she was diminishing, doing other procedures and hooking her up to other machines to keep her going. And, and I knew that, was, you know, that's not going to happen. This is it. And so the family came down, and, and um, they did deem it viable. And this is us just all kind of sitting around and waiting. The next picture here, um, um, that's myself and my sister, and I know, I know Tim had his moments, too. I think his were <laughs> a little bit more controlled and in private. You men are good at that. <laughs> but um, I just couldn't hold it in anymore, and, and my sister was kind of holding me up in that picture. I was just um, very, very overwhelmed with, you know, the news that we had. We had this, this heart from this other child. Um, and the next picture, this is us walking down. We just had to go down the hallway. That was where our transplant um, procedure room was. And the next two pictures, um, this one as well, is us uh, getting ready to drop her off. And it was kind of a parade of a celebration. I, you know, we didn't, I don't know anybody in the, in the group of us that was really sat around just worrying. You know, God just kept bringing this peace to us. And God's peace is like no other, no matter what situation you are in. Um, no, no matter what dark place you might feel in, you know, his peace is so overwhelming. Um, and this is uh, after her operation. You know, we knew that um, we were going to have to go through a lot to get her back up. You know, she with the double transplants, they worry about more things like pneumonia and things like that and 
again, getting them up quickly um, with the heart. They don't want them on pain meds very long, you know, that kind of thing. The next one is also right afterwards. Um, uh, you know, just it's it's over overwhelming to think about and relive, but that picture to me is a day in the right direction. <laughs> you know, uh, that that's such a blessing of a picture to see, um, such a miracle, and how quick. Again, we waited um, t- two months for her heart um, from the time she went on the list till the time we got it. And you know, we had um, our neighbor guy who she became friends with. Um, he waited almost three years for his heart, and um, I knew she didn't have that kind of time, and, and God's time on this was perfect, perfect. Um, let me go to the next one. So they did. They encouraged her to get up right away. Um, this is Dad. They, they had thought she might have that viral issue before she went in, so she was quarantined. We, we were stuck in our rooms, even if she had the energy. So uh, when we were in the ICU, they actually opened up a room next to us which is never something that they do because they want to you know keep those rooms but she had to move and she couldn't move in her room so they, she went grocery shopping and she would color and dad was doing her hair um the next one here is of her finally getting to walk out they finally decided it was worth the risk of letting her walk in the hallway just so she'd get up and walk and um, just the machines, Woo, all that, all that stuff with her that had to go. We had to load up. You know, it took us 15 minutes to go on a five-minute walk. Um, but she was such a trooper. You know, she she did so well. You go to the next one. And this was the the first picture of her outside of the hospital in four months. You know, and now looking back, it was such a fast. You know, it seemed forever when we were living it. I, absolutely, like time had stopped. Nobody else was having lives or living lives because time just seemed to stand still. And now looking back on it and the and the huge miracles that took place with her and and how God had lined everything up for her, He did it so quick. It was so quick how He did it and it, it perfect timing, absolute perfect timing. Um, I think there's one more. And 30 days later, we had to stay with a a family member to stay close to the clinic because we were doing every other day visits and and checkups and lab works. So 30 days later, on my sister's birthday, it'll be the best birthday ever, um, we got to actually step foot at home and bring her home where she was finally, you know, wanting to be. And I know, um, you know, God through this process too also spoke to Tim through, you know, we had just an outpouring of love through cards through text messages through um you know we found out through other people that there was other countries praying for us um and how they got a hold of the information is just so bizarre how it all came about but you know she needed all that prayer and um you know it was a hit my knees thanking god that all of these people cared so much for a stranger um a little girl and a family strangers um in Fremont, Ohio, <laughs> you know, sometimes I wonder, you know, how do we matter to, how do we matter to God so much that so many people can come together to pray for us? And again, no matter what the outcome, um, that we were willing to trust him. And, uh, I know he had a couple of friends too. I don't know if you want to share with them how they, they touched you. We had 
there was a time when we were when we went back into the ICU for the the heart. Um, Lydia and Isabel were sleeping. And I was I'm just in my own head, like we tend to do, and was worrying about stuff. And I started going through cards and stuff that people had sent us. And one of my friends had sent me a card, and it had um, what was that Isaiah 10:41, I believe. And it, Sorry, better hear my phone. It says, So do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. So I read that, and it kind of got me out of got me out of the way I was feeling and thinking and stuff. And <clears throat> that helped for a little bit. Went down and had dinner and stuff. And after a couple hours, I started... My mind started working again, <clears throat> and same thing. And then my friend who sent me the card with that verse in it, his brother texted me the exact same verse. The His brother had sent us the card two weeks before that. They hadn't talked. They didn't know they sent me the same verse. The second time when I got it in the text message, it was like God gave me a brain duster. I, I, I told you once. You didn't listen. Here it is the second time. <laughs> okay, God, I, I get it. <laughs> I guess that was just, I mean, God. He worked in miraculous yeah. ways through other people for us, um, just encouraging us. And, and um, you know, it is hard to, in my experience, to really hold, hold the faith without people being there for you. And, and the outpour of help at home, um, just taking care of the kids. I never once got a phone call through this process of your kid's schoolwork is late today, you know, they're they're not to school on time or they're missing an assignment. You know, they were always taken care of. Uh, You know, people people brought us food and meals so that if he, uh, you know, the last minute had to come up, we didn't have to worry about what was going to be in the fridge for the kids. And, um, you know, we were truly blessed um, in so many ways through this process that... um, you know, I, I would never want to see her go through it, but we were so blessed while we were going through it. Um, and she continues, so, um, you know, this is not the end of her story. I was sharing with my mom, you know, we always end with this picture, and maybe maybe the next time we share this with the church, you know, we need to continue <clears throat> because her process, I remember them telling us, uh, you know, this first year, <clears throat> excuse me, the first year post-transplant is the hardest. And, um, and unfortunately, she's a unique child, so her situation was even harder and has been harder than the norm, is what we've heard, um, with different allergies. Um, she was diagnosed with mitochondrial disease of the liver, and, um, which is a very unknown medical area, if you will, and they still have not diagnosed her heart as to why her heart has failed. Uh, they said that they may never know. Um, but she's, she's going to always be on immunosuppressant medications. And those have hovering questions about other side effects that try to, you know, I know Satan tries to, you know, just kind of constantly poke at us, you know. And I got to, you know, I'm going to suppress that. I I know God's in control. (laughs) He's been in control. Um, You know, he knows her future. He knows what's in store for her. And he's going to prepare us and be us ready for whatever comes our way with her. 
Um, something else that we don't normally share um, is that these conditions can be hereditary, so they basically have told us you need to watch your other children. And I come against that in the blood of Jesus. He has not taken my kids, you know. Um, and so we are always in prayer, and we always appreciate prayers that Satan does not put fear in our lives. Um, he has no control over our lives. Uh, God's got this control. And, you know, she has been back in the hospital on numerous occasions with um, uh, um, rejection, sorry, and they don't know why. They said that it's very rare because um, normally you see the rejections towards the beginning of transplants, whereas with her, the further out she's gotten, the more rejection episodes she's had. So everything that has happened in her little bean has been such a rarity, and I'm excited to share with them when they say that, that, you know, you're going to see these miracles happen. You might not know why, but my God does. And, um, you know, we trust that God's going to give them the information they need when they need it so that they continue to care for her the way that she needs it. So. You know, as I, as I thought about what they went through and, you remember when Gary and Jane were here and shared what they went through and, and the processes that they go through, you know, you re- literally, I, I can see that they have to fight. You know, I've really been thinking, I thought about that this week, you know, and you said about fighting, for, you know. Anyway, um, I want the worship team to come up. We're going to close with a song. And it just reminds us, folks, that, you know, no matter what you're going through, that I think as Christians, sometimes we got to fight a little more. You know, I, I think we're in more fights than we know about. Um, I mean, theirs is obvious. I mean, you know, theirs is obvious. But, you know, I think we're in more fights than we know about. And I think sometimes we need to stand up and fight in these situations and, and just, you know, appeal to God to, you know, come to our come to our rescue and, and just not be passive about it. I think sometimes we're way too passive. So I just want you to stand. What we're going to do is we're going to sing this song. Then we're going to close. And uh, Lydia and Tim and Pam and Tom, they're going to be up here to pray if you want prayer. Um, they're going to be up here to pray with you. Um, you could even stand, and then you could come during the song if you want to. Um, I don't care. But uh, either way, we're going to sing the song, and then I'm going to close. So, all right, let's all stand. Thank you, Lord. Lord, we thank you that we can count on you. Lord, help us to always remember that you're always there with us. Lord, I just pray you continue to bless Isabel. Lord, just strengthen her body. Just continue to be with her. We, Lord, we thank you for the miracle that she is. Lord, just continue to watch over her. Lord, we just thank you for your goodness to each and every one of us. And, Lord, no matter what we're going through, help us to remember that we can count on you. We just thank you for that in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen.